Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Ryan, and I'm on the ministry team here at Journey. I'm here with Pastor Christian, getting ready to host not our last, but one uh, of our weekly last ones until we'll kind of address what we're doing um, for remaining ones. But this Sunday's message we call The Spiritual Journey. It was part four of the sermon series we've been doing all month long uh, called Vision Month. Our text, we kind of jumped out of Matthew. We're in Psalm 84. Yep. Uh, but I want to welcome you. Glad you are uh, tuning into the podcast today. Our hope, as always, is to activate people in their faith through this Activate podcast. Pastor Christian, it's been 11 years. Uh, we're going to be yep. celebrating uh, with this message on the 18th. So 11 years since our grand opening uh, on September 18, 2011, at Summit Lakes Middle School. I still remember set up and tear down that day and all the exciting things that happened. But what has been, and I know this is tough, maybe your favorite you know, memory, uh, maybe couple memories. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, it was the new things that we did in the firsts, uh, because those were like um, those were like getting a PR, a personal record on a on a new bench max or yeah. a, or a new squat max. Like those were faith exercises um, where like you were able to push the rep up. So I, you know, I remember that, that first day in the rain. I don't know if you remember it. It rained all morning. We're like, man, nobody's going to come. All yeah. the pictures from grand opening of all these unbelievable guest services, people walking people in mm-hmm. with their umbrellas, with the double rainbow that morning yeah. while we were setting up. Um, you know, and just laying laying down under the bar of faith that is starting a church and wondering, is any is anybody going to come? Yeah. Will anybody show up? And then people showed up, um, and it looked like a church, and it felt like a church. And I just remember after that day thinking, like, uh, like we did it, like God allowed us to do it. Um, and not just that event, but, uh, you know, our first Easter, where everyone al- always said, like, Twice as many people as you've ever had are going to show up at Easter. And it's like, there's no way. I was the guy who would always tell the usher, I, you know, I'd, I'd do setup, and then I'd go home and get ready for church, and then I'd come back, and they would have put more chairs out. So I would tell the ushers, take all the chairs down where no one's going to come. And then five minutes into worship, you'd hear all the chairs clanging in the back, yeah. and they'd have to be putting them back out, and they all hated me forever <laughs> because I made them set them up and take them down and set them up and take them down. I remember that first Easter, just hundreds and hundreds of people coming and, so many making spiritual decisions. I remember when we moved into our building, thinking, all right, we have a building. What if nobody shows up? And then they did. I remember our first prayer service, thinking no one's going to show up to pray at 6 a.m. and the headlights on the road as they were turning in. Uh, I remember building the building that we're sitting in now. Like all of those firsts, you, you stand up under the bar of faith and you think, like if God is not spotting me, this will crush me. This act of faith will crush me yeah. if God is not spotting me. And then to have him to have him show up and to be real. I think all of those firsts just strengthen my faith in such an incredible way. And then obviously, you know, our kids, you know, getting to baptize both of my kids here, getting to watch both of my kids called into ministry. I mean, uh, what it's done in my own faith life, I could take a year of podcasts just to talk on, on how God has matured me, but how he has used our church to help my kids love Jesus and love Jesus church uh, has, has just been incredible. E- each and every mission trip we've ever taken, of course, the first one 
Um, first time you're in India, first time you're in Africa, first time you're in Israel, first time you're in Turkey, first time you're in Scotland, first time you're in Guatemala, first time you're in Nicaragua. Like I can go back and it's like, man, literally um, serving Jesus has allowed us to go all over the world, uh, fulfilling the Great Commission. Um, Our community impact, the first time we did a big Thanksgiving drive and the line of cars lined up to get their food and on and on, like just all those things that you dreamed of doing and then you attempted to do and then you did um, just shows you such a big view of God and his mission and Jesus and his church. Uh, yeah, I, I could talk all day long on this question. I shouldn't, but I could. Yeah, uh, obviously unbelievable spiritual impact in the yeah. lives of people. But yeah, how much fun we had setting up and tearing down yeah. and having a breakfast that, you know, was yeah. so good. And then, yeah, the laughter we had is we're putting down chairs, <laughs> you know, laughing, uh, going, wow, can you believe what God's yeah. doing here? It was, it was really Putting them down, taking them up, putting them down again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, that's right. That's all the fun conversations. Um, as you look back, what has been your favorite series of Bible teaching? And again, maybe hard to narrow it down to one. So we did a series in Summit Lakes called Would the Real Jesus Please Stand Up? Mm. And we taught on the seven I am statements of Jesus. That was the first time we took a real kind of verse-by-verse turn into Scripture. Uh, And I just remember it having a huge impact on me and in our church and helping us clearly see who Jesus was and the ministry of Jesus. All of the big faith, big mission series, when we we dreamed of uh, building buildings, um, when God allowed us to cast vision for what he had called us to do and then lay before the people how much that would cost and them responding to that, um, the, the series we did about God calling people to serve and then telling people where they could serve and having hundreds sign up, the series that we did about impacting our community and then doing a serve week and having people sign up, like the, the move, like when we said, Hey, this is what God says Christians do. And here's your chance to do it. And it, and, and we saw people just move and mobilize was huge. I think recently coming, coming out of, um, COVID and getting stuck very intentionally, just verse by verse in the book of Matthew, starting in Matthew 5, and just taking a turn that, um, you know, COVID really, COVID pruned the church. COVID weeded out people who may have been there for reasons other than just Jesus and his worship and his words. So we said, we're just going to sit in scripture and teach what Jesus taught until we're done. Three years later, we're kind of still going through that process. I think the last few years, just verse by verse through Matthew has been my favorite. That is my personal bent. That's how I like to learn. That's how I read my Bible. That's how I would prefer to teach. So I think even that shift um, has been really, really great for me. But any time we've talked about Jesus or we've clarified his mission and then we've done the mission, um, all those series have been really, really meaningful. Yeah, there's been a bunch of great ones. It's hard to it's hard it to nail that down, um, and, and I'm amazed at how you remember all the the text and things from things that you've taught years ago. Do you have a story of life change that really stands out to you? There's probably a, I mean, there's probably a couple of stories that I you know that I would call like our spiritual journey stories. Uh, like we did a we did I think in our video announcements last week. There was a brief highlight talking about Anniversary Sunday. Was that last week, Gabe, that showed a picture of Casey? When, like, little, my, my little Casey, six years old, 
getting ready to be baptized. You see the line of Standing people. in that line yeah. was Luis, yeah, yeah. Um, the first person who made a public spiritual decision at our church, yeah. whose girlfriend ended up making a public spiritual decision, who we baptized both of them. And then they got engaged, and then we married them. And then they had three kids, and we were able to dedicate all their kids. And then he started serving on the worship team, and Courtney started serving in the nursery. And, you know, now they're, they're down in Florida, and he's a firefighter. And, um, you know, he's, he hangs Christmas lights. And just watching people who were far from God become passionate Christians who begin to make a difference in our church and through our church in the world, it's like that's, that's what we hoped would happen. When we started our church, Heidi Bailey, who shared her story last week, someone who was not a non-Christian, but a Christian far from God, who became a passionate Christian, who's now raising up the next generation in our church. I think anytime you can look at a person and say, that's the mission statement. Um, I talked this week about all the Terry's who serve in the various areas. I didn't even um, put two and two of together. Our, yeah, there's like there's like <laughs> they are six, all Terry six people named Terry yeah. who all serve in different areas um, yeah. of our church. When you think about Leanne and what you know her her story of becoming a Christian and getting discipled in a small group with a community of believers and then plugging into our community impact, and then literally with the force of threat, almost taking over some of the projects that we do and now bringing her family and her friends. Like in any, for me yet, it, any person who is the mission statement, that, that they were not close to God, and then through journey they drew close yeah. and they, bega- they became passionate and they got on mission. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could... I could point to a bunch of those stories. Uh, talking with Reese Harder um, after church last yeah. Sunday. I mean, study with this yes, guy on we, Sunday night. Yeah, we. I mean, literally, Ryan. There's, uh, there's hun- it, We could just sit and there's hundreds, yeah, hundreds of people who weren't where they needed to be spiritually, got where they needed to be spiritually, really began to pursue Jesus, ended up pursuing the mission of Jesus. Many of them ended up in ministry, serving on our team. Um, it's cool to have a dream and a vision, and to try to put it in a statement, and then see it happen over and over and over and over and over again. Um, God's been really, really good to allow us to see mission accomplished so many times, with so much more mission to be accomplished in the future. Yeah, and as we've been looking at the mission statement, that evangelistic, discipleship, then, then discipleship, and then missional living, the missional, yep. like people making a difference, and that's exactly yep. people that either got saved at our church or rededicated and are now making a huge difference. Yep. So two-part question. Uh, the title of this vision message is, is The Spiritual Journey. And you made this statement. You said, when all of life is a spiritual journey, everything in life brings you closer to God and therefore has the opportunity to make you stronger spiritually. So here's the, here's the thought. Too often people, I think, compartmentalize their lives, right. especially their spiritual lives. I mean, maybe no one else in their life even knows they go to church. Why, why is this really not what God intended for his followers? So God is not a service. A relationship with God is not a service any more than an appointment with somebody of the opposite sex is a marriage. Um, A relationship is a relationship Mm -hmm. all day, every day. And Tim Keller says it's not what happens in life that shapes our life. It's what we learn from what happens in life that shapes our life. And when we begin to see everything that happens in life as a spiritual lesson, it teaches us so much about God. And when we learn from those things about God or we learn how to rely on God, or we learn how to look for God, or we learn how to trust God, or we learn 
I'm reading in the book of Job right now, how to question God well with, with honor and with humility and with respect. Everything that happens in life has the ability to help us grow spiritually. And if we put God in a box on Sunday, then God has about, you know, an hour and 15 minutes of your attention each week to teach you and to shape you. But hardly any of that is through experience. All of that is through information. We learn far more through experience than, than we do through information. So I told the story Sunday about this plastic tooth that's in my mouth as, um, as they work to get me a real fake tooth to replace the real fake tooth that I lost in a chainsawing accident. If you weren't there on Sunday, you'll have to tune in to hear more about that story. Um, as I laid in the dentist chair, and I hate the dentist. I say your favorite place. Um, I also broke this hand, and last Thanksgiving week, as I laid in the surgery center, um, chainsawing as well, um, I thought, you know, I need to be more careful or I need to stop because those experiences were so unpleasant. Living through them taught me that I did not want to replicate them over and over and over. And only when we apply the spiritual lessons of life to our experience not the catalog of information in our head, will it change our life and not just our view of life? So I think it's really, really important to see our pilgrimage. Uh, this word used 11 times in, in the Hebrew Old Testament that basically said every, every moment of life is a lesson to store truth in your heart about who God is and how he wants you to live. Which, yeah, leads us right into that next question. You talk about this word pilgrimage, right? And, and kind of you, you define it, a stranger whose experiences in life taught them spiritual lessons that they stored up in their hearts. Yep. If people have been at Journey a while, they've, they've learned a lot. Although our first goal for 2023 is spiritual growth, why is following Jesus more than learning a lot? Well, yeah, so James says that the demons believe Scripture and no Scripture, they don't love Jesus. They shudder at it, yeah. but they know all the information. Um, we know S Satan knows more about Scripture and more Scripture than probably any Christian who's, who's ever lived. Um, so informa like information is not enough. Uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law and the scribes and the chief priests, not just the priests, but the priests that were over the priests, the chief priests, all had a lot of information. Um, and if we just learn information, we might become really, really smart, but it doesn't mean we're going to look a whole lot more like Jesus. So if, if information, um, and, and we'll talk about this next year when we get into our Bible reading plan as a church and our Bible reading goal as a church, but if information doesn't become inspiration, and inspiration doesn't become illumination, and illumination doesn't become incarnation, which means if what we're learning doesn't turn into spiritual truth that touches our heart, that makes us like Jesus. It's just noise. Yeah. Paul said it's like a clanging symbol. Every now and then during worship, I'll have a chance to stand between the drums and the guitar during that last song. And every now and, when they, now and then when they, when they really are kind of riding that symbol, it's really loud, but it almost drowns out not only the rest of the music, but any words of the song. Information can be really, really loud, but if it doesn't get to your heart, doesn't get to your spirit, doesn't, doesn't help you become more like Jesus, it's just noise. 
Um, so we need to make sure we're hearing the melodies of life, which is information, inspiration, illumination, incarnation. Take everything you learn, apply it to your heart and life through the lens of who Jesus is, and become more like him. Which is, again, why our discipleship tracks are not designed just to right. educate people. Right. Yeah. They are designed to not only change their life, but then take what you're learning and yeah. change someone else's life. Yes. So like the early churches, our church has grown. We've, we've had to depend on the body ministering to the body. Yep. Like we cannot survive without yep. that. So why is goal number two, spiritual care, essential for the future health of our body of believers? Well, first, how about Peter? I mean, like, can anyone say it more clearly than Peter said it? The way you know whether or not you're a spiritual loser is how you care for other Christians. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Peter, for putting it in plain English. Really clear. And that's honestly cleaning up a little bit of what he said. He said ineffective. He said unproductive. Like, he said completely worthless. Like, if you want to be completely worthless spiritually, don't care for other people. Um, if, if you never want to stumble, learn to care for people. So we see this in the early church. Um, one of the first major problems they had is they had more people to be cared for than people who were caring. And they came to the apostles and were like, you all are not caring good enough for all of us. And the apostles said, you're right. There's too many of you. So let's make more of us. Elect some more spiritual leaders. They called them deacons in Acts chapter 7 and 8. Elect some more of them and let's let them begin to help because there's more body than hands. And I think anytime you have a group of Christians that is bigger than, I think, probably five to seven, you better have more than one shepherd. And anytime you have five to seven hundred or many times multiplied that, you've got to have lots and lots of shepherds to to care for the body. The way that Jesus has organized his church is that people learn to care for other people. And the element of spiritual care certainly is a goal of ours for each other. But it has to be a goal of ours for ourselves, because when you read what Peter says, Peter said, you cannot add to your faith and grow and be productive unless you learn how to care for other people. So I don't learn about spiritual care just to make sure you're okay. I learn about spiritual care and I do spiritual care to make sure I'm growing. So there's like this dual benefit. When I care for people spiritually, it helps me grow. And Peter said, I never, if I'm always focused on caring for other people well, it helps me not stumble. Yeah. So being a person of spiritual care helps me stay strong spiritually. And being a person of spiritual care helps you or the person I'm caring for stay strong spiritually. So it's literally like a win-win. At the exact same time, it's a lose-lose. If you don't care spiritually, you're not being helped, and I am totally unproductive and ineffective. So spiritual care, if you do it, is a win-win. If you don't do it, is a lose-lose. You have everything to gain by doing it and everything to lose by not doing it. So as a church, we've just got to become a people who learns to care well. Starting with Ryan, and we talked about this in the five circles of knowing, starting with our spouse, Mm got to know more than face and facts. Starting with our kids, got to know more than face and facts. We have to know each other at the faith level, at the heart level, so we can help people walk with Jesus and stay close to Jesus. Um... And we're going to pursue it with everything we got. We won't, hit, we won't hit the bullseye, but we will not miss the target this year because we're going to aim for it every week of the year in 2023 until we, until we learn to do it good enough that it's a win-win. Yeah. 
which again, Peter makes it clear you can't be a lone Christian. You can't yep. think, well, I'll just stream every once in a while, and that's my church experience. Because you're not being ministered to, and you can't minister to someone else. Can't grow if you're not caring for people. Can't care for people if you're not around people. Yeah, doesn't mean you're not doing it in the workplace, but oftentimes that's not the case. So, yeah, it's, it's so pretty important. clear. It's a pretty strong scripture. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, um, the last action step for 2023 that goes along with goal number three, spiritual development, is serve Jesus. Yeah. What would you say to the hundreds of people who are serving and who have served Jesus at Journey? And so I say, like, thank you. Um, you. You make my job possible. Nobody ever sits down and listens to a word I say unless you do what you do. Uh, I literally am the last, um, not the best, not the most important. I am the last ministry to happen every Sunday at our church. And if there's not a long line of ministry before that, what I do literally doesn't even matter. So I love the redneck theology that we came up, you know, like redneck theology takes Ephesians chapter two, eight through 10, and basically says, here's redneck theology. Um, When you get saved, you do stuff spiritually. That's redneck theology. When you get saved, you do stuff spiritually. For all the people in our church who are doing stuff spiritually, Jesus taught his disciples to pray that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. In John chapter 17, in his high priestly prayer, as he was entering the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed that the people who would become believers after the disciples would be unified in spirit and in mind and in mission. And when you greet and when you serve um, and when you usher and when you minister to kids and when you serve in the communities and when you run one of these cameras and when you press the button for pro presenter and when you turn on the microphone and when you turn on the lights, um, when, when you stand in the parking lot in your vest, when you serve the coffee, when you clean up the coffee, um, when you clean the bathrooms before church and after church, when you stand at the front of the church to pray with people, when you sing, when you speak, um, when you do stuff for Jesus, yeah. it matters. It matters a whole lot. And Paul told the church at Corinth, always remember your work in the Lord is not in vain. Uh, the devil will want you to make you think the stuff you do is not important. But I promise you, it's so important. And we couldn't do what we do without the people who do what they do. So once again, in redneck theology, uh, when you get saved, you do stuff. Yeah. We have a lot of people at our church who are saved and who are doing stuff spiritually. And it's allowing God to, to do some special ministry through our church, in our people, in our community, and around the world. Yeah, and I would say from Pastor Christian and I and our whole team, really thank you. So many people listening are doing stuff at our church, so thank you. We It's been a joy to serve with all of you. And they make it really easy. Yeah. We've been in churches where it's not easy because yeah. there's nobody doing stuff. Yeah. Um, it's easy and it's fun when you do stuff uh, spiritually together. Yeah, amen. So the fourth discipleship track we've been cl- uh, closing, we'll have one other, but is the leadership track, right? We're o- we always hope someone will learn something and they'll share it with somebody else. So what, what from this weekend would you want our audience to share with someone else? Probably every, I mean, the, this message is Discipleship 101. Your, spirit, your spiritual journey is to grow spiritually, to care spiritually, to develop spiritually. So if I'm walking with someone in discipleship, you know, our, our points of growth, the walk with Jesus, Bible reading, fasting, and prayer. I'm saying, hey, let's do this together. 
for a season. Um, I'm going to help you walk with Jesus. We're going to read the Bible. We're going to pray. We're going to fast together at certain times. Um, I'm saying in spiritual care, uh, I want to get to know your feelings. I want to get to know your fears. I want to figure out where you are in your faith and why you feel that way and have those fears. And I want to disciple you through that. And in spiritual development, I want to figure out why you got saved. Because when people get saved, they're supposed to do stuff. What is it you do? What stuff do you do that you can do for Jesus? Um, When I'm discipling someone, I never do less than those three things, spiritual growth, spiritual care, spiritual development. So I would say lean into all three of those things. And over the course of the next 90 days to one year, begin walking with and accomplishing those things in the life of those you're leading spiritually. Yeah, it's a great challenge. And you're right. It is discipleship 101. Yeah. Those are the things that yes. a follower of Jesus does. Yes. So last podcast question of podcast 226. When will the next podcast drop and what will be the content of it? Yeah, so we're looking right now um, at mid-December, uh, dropping a podcast on how to deal th- with grief at Christmas with Daniel and Brittany Brooker. They will be here the week of Thanksgiving to share their stories. They both lost their spouses in their 30s. They have become um, now a blended couple. They just had their, I think, their first baby together, I think, even though they both had kids they brought into the marriage. We're going to be talking to them at Thanksgiving just about, you know, life in a blended family, how to move through grief, how to move through grief at the holidays. Uh, But while they're here, we're going to try to record a special podcast episode very specifically about grief and blended families at Christmas, Christmas morning, heading into New Year's, Christmas break. So we're going to try to drop that as we head into the week of Christmas for our people. Um, And then in January, the first week of every month, we're going to drop a podcast on that month's Bible reading and just some behind-the-scenes stuff as you and your group, accountability group, begin to read through the Bible together. Um, Here are some practical tips. Here's what we'll read this month, and here's some ways to see this and view this, some Bible reading tips as you read together. So the first week of every month, we'll be dropping some content on the Bible reading, uh, and then we're hopeful as we get into February to possibly drop four to six podcast episodes um, on marriage and family with different groups of people in our church who have walked through divorce, who've walked through remarriage, who've walked through blended families. We'll be back in Matthew. So we, we officially this week take a break from Matthew as we get into vision. We won't pick up Matthew until the second week of February. And when we get to Matthew 19, we're going to be talking about marriage, divorce, gender, sexuality. We're going to dig into some stuff. So we'll probably be dropping some podcasts alongside that series that'll just help you have some more content as we move through February and March together. So lots of exciting things coming on the Activate podcast, just not talking about the message every week with each other. Um, And we will always let you know when that new content's going to drop so that you can tune in on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you catch this podcast. Really, really excited about the future of this podcast. And I think the vehicle it will be, I think... This podcast much more will be a place that you listen to. And as soon as you're done listening to it, you're going to send it to 10 friends because there's going to be so much practical, really, really good content. So super excited about the future of Activate. And we look forward to uh, around Christmas time being being back with you, giving, giving you some great content that will help you love and disciple people well and get through some maybe hard seasons if you live through grief over the holidays or you're a blended family headed into Christmas and New Year's again. It's going to be good. I look forward to it. Thank you, Pastor Christian. 226 episodes. Most of those you have hosted uh, with no notes off the top of your head. 
Uh, and then thank you, Pastor Brandon, who helped start this. I remember you guys kind of formed this in your mind, and here it is. He was great. Yeah, really, this is his brainchild more than him. Um, if this has been effective and important, it was because of how seriously he took it in, in the early days. And he listens to it. He'd give me pointers along the way. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, about four, almost five years ago, a lot of great, lot of great content. So thank you for listening. We look forward to uh, getting back on in a couple of months. If you happen to find yourself in the Kansas City area, we always want to invite you to come. Come and see in person. Uh, you can watch online at takethejourney.cc. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you in the months to come on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.